Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the Goldilocks Productions presentation of the In the Psychic Flow Show with Caroline Carey. Hey everyone, welcome to In the Psychic Flow. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. We have a wonderful guest with us, a special guest, uh, Jane Doherty, Psychic Jane Doherty, who is uh, quite an interesting individual that I met. I had the pleasure of meeting her several years ago in New Jersey when I had a small shop in New Jersey. Uh, Jane's website is janedoherty.com. What's so fascinating about Jane, besides the fact that she has uh, probably, I would say by now, a 30-year career yeah. uh, in psychic work, she was a skeptic, and she went from skeptic to being one of the nation's leading authorities on psychic experiences. She is one of the America's top 20 psychics. She is an author of Awakening the, the uh, Mystic Gift, uh, The Surprising Truth About What It Means to Be a Psychic. So she is completely self-taught. She's been on over 300 radio shows, and she co-hosted a psychic uh, call-in show for about eight years. She's been on TV on um, the Learning Channel, Dead Tenants, one of my favorites, uh, Dead Famous, Psyching, Psych Sightings, Jenny Jones Show, Ghost Stories on the Biography Channel. She also starred alongside Christopher Atkins in a 2013 movie. Uh, and our, what was it? Our Dick? No, that's not it. Amy. Amy. She Amy. can see the possessed. So here is Jane. Welcome, Jane. Hi. How are you? Glad to be on with you. Uh, I'm so glad to have you. It's been almost a year because it it popped up on my Facebook page. And it was so funny. We were just talking about you. I was talking to uh, Tiffany, our producer, about you. 
edge. And oh yeah, that would be great to have Jane on again. And I have seen Jane. Uh, she is one of the guardians of two crystal skulls. She is the guardian of two crystal skulls, which we're going to get into uh, more. And she pioneered so many things, one of which was public seances and ghost tours. So she really introduced the anxious and scared public to what is behind the veil. And um, I think you are one of the first to do that. It, it just a fascinating career. She even had a one day off Broadway show, uh, ghost stories and the connecting with spirits and more. Oh my. And she is the president of the Jersey society of parapsychology. Um, you just have an astounding array of abilities here. And there is more, please check out janedoherty.com because I'm sure I, I just kind of Evelyn Wooded that through there because it's such an extensive history. I don't think anyone, Jane, has the uh, credentials or accolades that you have. I don't think I haven't heard of anyone. I have. There's a lot that I do. That's I'm in the field more than 30 years. Yeah. I even have my name engraved in uh, cobblestone in San Diego. It says Ghostbuster Jane Doherty slept here and the date. Cool. <laughs> so... That so, is so awesome. That is. So that's very um, yes. unusual to have something like that. But yeah. I, so to me, um, when I met you, you, you came wandering into my store uh, in my little store in New Jersey. And um, you expressed an interest. You were chatting. We were chatting and you expressed an interest in going to see uh, one of the crystal skulls in New York at the learning center. And I knew nothing. I sold books and made coffee. That's it. I didn't know anything about anything. So I have to say that all those years ago, that was what, 1993, 95, yeah. something like that. Long time ago. Long time ago. So you really introduced me to so many things that I never thought, I never thought I'd be doing this. So, um, and reading your book helped so tremendously to go from a skeptic. And I want to talk about that as well. So whatever you feel like spending time on uh, or speaking about, we'd love to hear from you. So would you like to talk about the crystal skulls while it's on your fresh in your brain? Yeah, we could talk okay. about that. And I think so. That we went to we took the train from New Jersey into New York to see Max. Yes, it was Max, the ancient crystal skull. Now, uh, for people who are not aware of these. Um, these are one of the larger, what would you say, original skulls? Yes, there's two types that you have. You have the uh, big ones, which are ancient, and then you have the uh, smaller ones like I have of uh, Maya, this size. Okay. As you could see. But there's, and then there's another small one that I have. Um, so these are, the, the smaller <coughs> ones supposedly are more, of what were personal to the Mayans and that they would go out every night at sunset and pray to the gods and present the skulls and using that to make a connection to the gods. And the large one, which Max is, was used more into the rituals of the, um, okay. the group, the Mayans. Like they may put it on an altar and, and have somebody speak through it 
or do something with the skull to direct the energy <laughs> to the peoples uh, that are there. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between the sizes, but they are ancient, the ones that I have and that she has. And they are, there's several, there's several, but we went to see Max. That was the first ancient skull <laughs> experience that I had. Yeah, it was quite interesting. And there were a lot of people there. It was a small dark room. Yes. And she had Max in the center. And yeah. you couldn't touch Max. You have to go and sort of like kneel in front of it. So I took my Maya with me in a case. I didn't yeah. take her out. I had her all wrapped up in a velvet cloth. Mm -hmm. And when I knelt down to Max, I started to talk to Max, communicate and talking about Maya and if the two of them would communicate. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, of course, I didn't get any communication per se, but, you know, I felt the energy. But what was interesting when I got home that night and I unraveled the velvet cloth that I had Maya wrapped in, there was the impression of the face of Maya on there. Wow. So the energy that came from Max and Maya I guess going back and forth, it actually imprinted the face on um, velvet cloth. Now, do you think, uh, or do you know, are these crystal skulls like Max, are they etched, are they actually etched with some kind of knowledge or? Yes, your, mm -hmm. your crystal acts like a computer. Mm -hmm. So there is supposed to be ancient knowledge in here. Uh, also, the knowledge of the Mayans and others that had them would deposit them in there. Uh, let's okay. say your shaman, I don't, I forgot what I, well, he would be called a shaman too in the Mayan culture. Um, what would happen, let's say if he was dying, he would choose somebody to take over and that second person would be lying down next to him and the shaman would be holding the skull so that the information was transferred to the new person who was going to take over. Okay. So they have a lot of knowledge in them. So and do you think when, I'm sorry, go ahead. So as supposedly at some time, and I think we're near something now, there will be a decoding of this information. Okay. It's what Do you think that uh, your skull got some of the download from Max? It's possible. I didn't think about it at that time because I didn't take her out, but I, I guess there was, I felt they communicated is what I okay. felt is that okay. the energy between the two of them communicated. It was sort of like a recognition uh, by Max because it may have been the first ancient skull that Max was with. And there um, may have been a communication that would be through energy. Okay. And how did you, uh, I know that you have spoken at several conferences uh, all over regarding this, the crystal skulls. How did you come in possession? How did you be, were you chosen to be a guardian? Okay, what happened is, oh, let's see. It may have been in 19, I'm trying to think of the date now, 1988, I guess. Wow. It's like I separated from my husband. 
1987, I think. I separated from my husband, so I went on a trip, a self-awareness trip uh, in, uh, down in, in California, and then I extended it to Mexico. Okay. So I happened to be looking in a store for some souvenir, souvenir to take home with me. And it was just all this chachi stuff. So I went, eh, I'm not going to get it. And then all of a sudden I felt energy and it, it, uh, it, it made me go to a glass case and it was locked up. And on top of it was, uh, it said artifacts. And I went nuts with the two crystal skulls. There was a, um, two black Panther statues, also a Quetzalcoatl, um, pendant that was in the form of a snake. Wow. I bought everything. Uh, <laughs> I just bought everything. And I had no idea why. It's just that I went crazy when I saw them. But it took me a while before I realized I had an ancient skull. I didn't know right away. And then I started to uh, read a book about them. And then I started to play around with it. And my first experience scared me and I put it away for a while. I was, I had it on my dresser and I would put my hands over it and I just started meditating and kind of communicating. And what happened, the skull actually moved on its own on my dresser. And that was it. I said to myself, all right, I don't know what I'm doing yet. It was like frightening to see this skull actually just start moving you know, like almost in a scallop kind of formation. And you hadn't written your book or anything at this no. point yet. So you were. Right. I was, you know, budding psychic at that point where I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing readings that long. I was just allowing myself to start. And it was interesting because let's see if I have that. Hand. I don't know if I have that handy where it is. I should have had that out too. Darn. Um, what's interesting is I have a stone that I was using at the time that has a face in it. And what was interesting is that when I came back with the skulls and I put it near the stone, then what happened in, in about a week, I hadn't checked it. And then when I went to check it, there was actually a face that formed in the stone. Wow. So I knew there was something going on, um, at the time. And that's now, with these, are they responsible? These crystal skulls could they be responsible for not just that passing on knowledge and energy, but like healing, maybe? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It it can create healing energy, and I've used it for that. Um, actually, a couple of things happened where I actually did it on radio, and I was doing a psychic call-in show, and a mother called in whose son was going to go through uh, brain surgery. Mm. And naturally she was scared. So I took the skull and I sent the energy to the son and said that he would be fine. There would be no complications and it would turn out better than she thought. Well, I did get a call um, in about, I guess this, the surgery was in about two weeks later she contacted the radio station and there were no complications and he got well so fast they couldn't figure it out the doctors that's beautiful so there's that and then another time 
I was doing because I use them in my readings. Okay. So they're present in my readings. So I was doing a reading on a girl who she was a young girl. She was maybe in her early 40s and she had a stroke. And so she wasn't going to be able to go to work. So I'm holding her hands and I'm doing the reading and my hand is on, you know, Maya. And all of a sudden um, I start shaking. And I knew enough to say, just hold my hands, just stay right with me. And I feel that this was healing energy coming in. And then at the end of it, I said to her, just stay positive. What happened? She went to the doctor the next day, two days later, because it was a Saturday this happened. She went on Monday for the final um, MRI before she got disability. And he took it and the doctor looked and he said, oh my God, I don't believe this. And she says, what, what happened? Did it get bigger? He says, bigger, it's no longer there. And any evidence that she had a stroke. Wow. And so she said, well, what do I do now? He says, and he took three to make sure. And he says, you're cured. Go to work. Wow. It's a lot of power. Mine seems, because mine's smaller, it seems to work with me. It seems to be that I can direct energy with it. And so it becomes powerful that way. And that's how I've used it. Do you feel that um, it is, uh, it feels like it has its own personality, I would imagine? Uh, Absolutely. It mm -hmm. has its own personality. Um, the big one, you know, bigger than my small one, Maya here, it's a female. It's definitely a female. And it was named that because in 1995, I think it was, I went to um, Mexico to the pyramids and I took Maya with me, although I didn't have her name at that point. And it was a ceremony that I went to, a special 500 people were all dressed in white. We were opening up the energy of the pyramids because wow. they were closed to the Mayans. These were the Mayan descendants. Oh. And so I had her there. And um, so what happened is one of the, he was a, a photographer, reporter, and he said, you have to name her. And he says, I, you know, I didn't know, you know, I was, it was like very unusual for me. So he says, well, why don't you name her Maya? Because we're in Maya land. So that's how she became Maya. That's beautiful. And the little one was named um, Alden after my friend who had taken me to this Mexican uh, ceremony. Well, I would have never been able to afford it back then because it was expensive. And, you know, it was, it was an incredible experience. Mm. So that's how they really got totally activated. When And this is, um, so you had them when you started to research. I guess at that point, you I couldn't call you a skeptic anymore. I guess you, maybe you were curious at that point? Yes, I was curious. I mean, I had already developed the psychic ability. Uh, I was already, you know, the, the skepticism was going away because I realized there was a lot more going on out there that I didn't know. And so I decided to research about the skulls because I had them. Mm -hmm. You know, I got curious. I saw a book and that's how I started to do it. If you... Um God forbid, it, when your time comes, 
who would take your skulls and, and watch them? My daughter. Oh, your daughter. Yeah. <coughs> Usually you should, if you have descendants, you <coughs> pass it on to them. Okay. But it would be my daughter. She, I've let her handle it over the years. Uh, so it would be her, definitely. And, and um, it's done a lot of things. You know, it's even turned pink. Wow. When I was in front of the white buffalo in Janesville, Wisconsin. And what had happened when I was on a lecture tour there, I didn't get to go see the white buffalo. And then a few months later, I got the opportunity with my daughter to go visit her girlfriend in Chicago. So I said, we got to go to Janesville, Wisconsin. So they went with me and it was cold. It was, it was like late November. We had coats on and I'm in front of the white Buffalo. Now the white Buffalo is uh, a, um, a theory in the prediction in the Lakota uh, tribe that when a white Buffalo was born, it was the time of the ending and then the new beginning. Mankind was going to finally uh, become positive and all of that. So, and there was a lot more to, to it. So I decided that I was going to hold Maya in front of the buffalo and I was staring right into his eyes. Wow. Trying to communicate. And I close my eyes and I'm asking him to give me a sign that that's what he represents, that it's true. And then all of a sudden, my daughter and her friends start screaming because my, the skull turned pink and my hands were like so hot and it was like 30 degrees out. Wow. So he turned pink and they, they also witnessed it. So I got my sign that it was that, truth. That's beautiful. Did you, um, as you researched your book at the, I guess that would be a little bit prior did you include information about the skulls? You didn't. You just worked. Basically. No, I did it. No, I did it just solely on the psychic part. I know I have to write more. Uh, I'm trying to do so many things that I'm trying to create courses now to speak, to put online uh, to do. And I've I've done a book on intuition, but we don't have it out there yet. Okay. I'm doing um, like an ebook on the Lizzie Borden story my experience there and i really need to do a one on the crystal skull and the experiences and everything i had with that but it takes time to write because if you're doing readings you know and you're doing other things it's hard to just focus you're like all over and when you write you need to be focused just on that project right I, I agree yeah so that you can focus but i i I think that the interest in the crystal skulls is coming back. We it's waned for a while. And I think it's because of 2012 and that the Mayan calendar didn't end. And okay. it tied in at that point with the Mayan calendar. That's why we were having the conferences in three different each year, the 999, the 10, 10, 10, the 11, 11, 11, and the 12, 12, 12. Mm -hmm. So um, we've done that you know, like in the Miami circle is when we did the 12, 12, 12. Cool. But then I did go to Mexico in 2013 into Teotihuacan. I never get it right. It's outside of Mexico city. And we had special permission. I took the skull inside uh, where they had found 
an archaeological dig and they found all these gold, different kinds of things. So the archaeologists who were there, they took my skull and put them in the cave for a while, for about an hour. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, so it absorbed that energy. It, it was quite interesting. <laughs> what did, do you know the origin of your skulls? Do you know where they originally came from? Originally, what is thought that they come from Atlantis. Ah, okay. Atlantis was a uh, time when it was a crystal society. And they used crystal all the time for various things. So when it it fell apart, the skulls were transported and, and the knowledge was put in there. Awesome. And then you're, you're, a lot of your um, Mayans were from Atlantis. They were the, you know, the survivors of Atlantis. So that's where. And why they'd be coming out now is because we really, a lot of us are reincarnated from the time of Atlantis. Okay. And if you want to know for sure, just look on the palm of your hand and see if you can see an M in the etchings on yes. either one of your palms. That yeah. sign of Atlantis, that ah. you the life of Atlantis. Okay. So it's so we're coming full circle. We're incarnating mm -hmm. now for a reason. It has to do with Atlantis and for UFOs. Okay. Um, what they say, what happens with the ancient skulls, if you take a picture of it, what happens is, I mean, you won't see it when you're taking the picture, but then in the picture, what forms is a UFO. And I'm going to hold this up, mm -hmm. how clearly you're going to see it. But yeah, if I can you see look it. at it, you will see that there it looks almost as though there is a um, UFO in there. Yep, I can see it. I, I remember coming back from New York on the train with you and you were talking about UFOs. And the only thing, thing I knew about, the closest thing I knew about was the Jetsons. You know, I didn't know anything about UFOs. So, I mean, that was fascinating. And I thought either this lady really knows a lot or she's nuts, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, at that time, I didn't know that how well known you were because you're just such a, a regular, humble person. I had no idea. I mean, I didn't know who's who. It wasn't until probably after I left New Jersey that I was like, darn, that, that Jane Darney is known all <laughs> over the place. And I went to New York with her. So it was actually, thank you so much for being my first inspiration. I have to say that to you. You're welcome. Um, my, my pleasure. I'm happy. And uh, I so enjoyed your book so much, the Awakening the Mystic Gift, because, uh, and I remember talking to you about this, how you interviewed or you had so many readings with people that were supposed to be good in their field, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and some, I think, were, uh, you felt were legit. Yes. Or you were kind of uh, feeling the situation oh, out. You want to talk about that? What is it like? What's it like to what? So what was it like to be read by so many people? Oh, what was your... it was very, very interesting because that's my research project. Because that's when I was a skeptic. 
So I really didn't believe, but it, I became curious when I saw a psychic fair at the Menlo Park Mall. Okay. I mean, people were lining up for readings. And so that's how I got curious. And, you know, I sat down with one of them and she told me that I was going to be a famous psychic someday. And I just denied it. I just said, oh, this is bullshit. You know, and I wouldn't listen. I got up at the end of it and said, this is ridiculous. And then I, I went home and I'll, and a lot, maybe six months later, you know, the fair came back again. And I decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go again, <laughs> go and see. And that's how the research started. And as I went to each one, they were all telling me the same thing. And the, and actually one of them actually saw the first show I was going to be on was going to be NBC. And that is the first television show I was on. I was on the Steve Ducci show. I forgot what the name of it was, but that he was the host. So after going to so many saying the same thing, I decided the only way to prove or disprove what they were saying was to attempt to develop it. And that's what I set out to do, but never intended to do readings. I was a high school teacher at one time so my desire was to find out is this real or not how do the psychics do it and i never intended to do readings i intended to teach about it okay but not to do readings you know it was just something but it just happened i i kind of was forced in it because people i was doing hypnosis at the time so people right. started to well can't you give me a reading and that's how it started. And I would really go home, stamp my feet, tell my kids, why can't it be a hypnosis client? And they would look at me and say, well, Ma, you are a psychic. And I'd say, yeah, I know, but I don't want this responsibility. It's a, it's an awesome responsibility. I understand that. Guiding yes. a person's life and they're making decisions based on what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So it's a, an awesome responsibility. Yes. It is. You've also been um, uh, in the New York Times, CNN, Fox News Network, Routers, and the Today Show. Yes. Uh, and over 300 radio shows. So what does that say to you? I feel that um, going from a skeptic to one of the most sought after uh psychics i would say in the world i know you're one of the top 20 in america but you must be like the top two uh, <laughs> you must be i i would you're world renowned so how does that feel going from skeptic to this how does what does that feel like it it's an incredible journey it, it gives me a lot of peace within myself you know that i started this research project and have discovered that it is true and i look at it in a very different way because I was uh, very religious. And the way I view it is everybody has this ability. The seeds of psychic ability are there. And I feel it is a God-given gift for everyone. And the reason to open it up is so that you can be guided by the other side. Because to me, how many times we pray, but how do we know if our prayers are answered or not? Or how do we know if we didn't follow something that came as a signal and follow that, that it would lead us to getting our prayers answered. 
So I feel this is very connected to God, this ability to the other side in guiding us here. Are you able to, um, can you blend like uh, your prior religious beginnings? Can you blend that now with what you do? Yes, I, I definitely can. I don't have any problem with it because uh, one, if you look at the Bible, it's I would be considered one of the seers or prophets because mm -hmm. I don't use cards. I, I do it all actually saying a prayer to God and getting that and asking for the guidance, you know, to come through to guide a person. Uh, also, um, I've had two experiences with priests. One uh, was I was at the Spy House Museum. That's where I was doing ghost tours and a priest came. And he started talking to me and then he asked me if I would give him a reading. Well, now I'm shaking in my pants. Yeah. Saying, oh, my God, you know, what am I going to do? So I took him outside and I did the reading on him. And what happened is he thanked me. He, he gave me a hug and oh. he said, you are my sign from God. Oh. Because as a result of what I said, he was going to stay in the priesthood and he was questioning certain things and uh i don't remember exactly what i said to him but you know that, that happened and then years later my own priest here in town uh my daughter was going to baptize my um, niece but she had never received her confirmation due to circumstances of divorce and all that at the time so i went to our priest to see if she could get it the you know the bishop was coming and he said yes, because he knew I was religious. He knew my mother. And then he asked me a question. <laughs> he said, do you still do what you do? Oh, I'm saying, oh, my God, I can't believe this. My mother's going to kill me. I'm going to be <laughs> from the church because of this. And I said, you mean the psychic and the ghost work? And he said, yes. I said, yes, I do, Father. And he said, he's followed me over the years, all the newspapers. <laughs> And then he said, he told me, he says, this is your calling. He says, somebody has to do this. That's right. And, and like, you know, with the spirit world, like releasing the ghosts and things like that and helping people. He says, somebody has to do it. He says, this is your calling. And he says, keep up the good work. I was astounded. That was my last sign because I was yeah. struggling with my uh, Catholic religion and that I was doing that. It was just... That and when that happened, uh, I completely, you know, let go of any any fear, and I knew this is what I was supposed to be doing, and I accepted it. That's beautiful. What so. a great, what a great confirmation. That is fabulous. Uh, one of my favorite. Uh, I've seen you I, at a séance. I attended a séance that you led. That was excellent. Uh, I went to New York with you. I went to the governor's mansion and brought a friend and you'd led ghost tours there. Very interesting. And that was the first time I saw your stomach expand. <laughs> now that's a little, nobody else has this. Oh, I mean, it has to be, this has to be a sign Jane. Yes. Yeah. When you, so tell our audience, I can say from my observing you that, your stomach expands 
when you are communicating with spirit? Is that how it yes. works? It will expand when I do a ghost investigation and spirit is near. And in seances, it will do the same thing as I get near spirit, as a spirit comes in. And it's been measured to expand anywhere from three to five inches. So It's noticeable. Yes, yes. It, it's a crazy, crazy thing. And it does hurt. People ask me, does it hurt? Yes, of course it hurts. You know, there's a, a muscular thing going on. And it's like having a baby and you're in some sort of a contraction when uh. going on. So uh, it, it is. And I can actually tell when I'm doing, like I say, a ghost investigation or even in a seance, it, it'll come through. If it's a child or a male or a female, based on the way it grips me. That's amazing. So it's it's been a very reliable tool, you know, for that. You know, and now what's happening because of COVID, I haven't been able to do many in-person seances, but I've been doing them online on Zoom. Yes, yes. And I, I was afraid to do it. It was my son that was yelling at me last September. Come on, mom, you can do this. But I was reluctant and I finally convinced me. Um, and I find what's interesting is that it works extremely well. And I figured out the reason why is because my concentration gets keener because there's no um, disruption of energy. When you're in the seance, I have to adjust everybody's energy in order to get the flow of energy going. Okay. People have different levels of vibration and different energy fields. Somebody's strong, somebody's weak. So I always have to adjust that. And when I'm doing a Zoom seance, I don't have to do that. And I can concentrate better because there's no distraction. Nobody is moving. You know, there's all these little things that go on that you don't realize goes on. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, is my stomach doesn't go out. Uh, however, on occasion when I'm doing it on a Zoom seance, it has. It's gone out here. A person on Zoom, they've had their, their they felt their presence of a spirit. And then my stomach reacted. So it still does it, just not as as much as it is in person. Yeah, you do um, that. You make the announcements for that on Facebook, correct? On yes. your seances. I have the next one coming up is next Thursday. Next okay. Thursday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one of these Thursdays, I will join you. So and if anybody is interested, I still have a few spots left. They oh, can that's great. Go to my Facebook page and send me a message. And then I'll get back to them. It's $40 for the, the seance. What's good about the Zoom seance is because I'm having people now who would never be able to reach me because they don't live in New Jersey. Right. I've had people on from Florida, from Arizona, from Montana, from Wisconsin, from mm -hmm. California. So it's cool for that reason, from Texas. These are people I'd never be able to reach. Right. So I find that to be so beneficial that you can have people from all over the United States in the seances. And it's a great, I've attended it in person. It's fabulous. So, uh, and they're usually totally booked. Um, your, your work is amazing. You also have um, some other classes you're developing yes. on your website for those that I stole the um, psychic boot camp idea from you. I taught it a couple of years here in Sarasota 
Um, and I really, people really enjoyed it. I'm sure it's nowhere near as complete as yours. Do you want to talk about that and what yeah. you're offering? What I'm doing, I had started in person of doing the first group that I would take them through uh, several levels to be able to then give them a certificate of so many hours of training. But then because of COVID, I, I wasn't able to go further. So now what I'm doing is taking it and converting it more to something I can do on Zoom. And then I'll be offering it uh, the different levels on Zoom and go right into mediumship, but starting off with, you know, beginning with the intuition and developing psychic ability and, you know, how, you know, predicting the future and then right into mediumship. Fabulous. And um, do you ex do you explain to people? Um, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. That's how I would teach it too. I went right into mediumship. I'd never done any psychic work. I didn't realize I was psychic until I started taking that. But the way that I would have taught it, and I have taught some stuff this way, is from you know basic psychic uh, boot camp learning about auras, about, you know, about the tools, if you want to use tarot or pendulums and that kind of stuff into uh, maybe beginning mediumship and then into the trance circle kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? That's how I would do it. So I'm so glad to hear um, how many levels to your classes do you have? I mean, I guess you could keep going, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I have probably about, a good 30 hours of, of material, you know, that teaching and probably can go up even more because then I would actually do circles and, and have them practice and certain things like that. So it would go even further. Wow. So there's a lot because it would be comprehensive because I know so much about it because you start from the beginning and I prefer teaching people from that level I don't like teaching people to go right into mediumship. I agree. Because they don't have the experience of being able to interpret and just to have all that knowledge, you know, more because you can get into trouble if you go right into, to, into mediumship. And I've had to deal with a few people who contacted me from other states who got into trouble and then they yeah. opened it up without any filters and they were hearing vo voices all the time. And what, what people don't realize that there's a fine line between psychic ability and mental illness. You can go into a mental hospital and you're going to find a lot of people talking and they are giving you information that can very much be real. And what happens if you go, and that happened to one girl, she just kept trying and trying and trying. And I talked to her once and she didn't listen. I warned her and then she called me in hysterics. Because what happened is she couldn't get the voices out of her head. Mm. No, it was that was it. The the, the spirits took over, and um and and I guess it was somebody came to her house, a relative, who you know had negative ability, negative vibes. It was you know something, and that just threw it. That just boom, she was now possessed, and she. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I had to try all kinds of things to get it uh, calmed down. And I said, you can't go near any of this. You can't meditate. Nothing. You have to just shut yourself down 
because it will cause mental illness. So, you, you know, you do have to be careful. So I always teach, teach this with filters. You have, my feeling is spirits are like errant children. They need to be disciplined. So I never allow a spirit to come unless I'm prepared. Like if they start randomly coming to me when they want to, I will not pay attention to them because okay. that get into trouble. You should only do it when you, you're into your, like I have a psychic mode that I call. So there's a certain thing I do to get myself down and into that concentration mode to be able to predict the future. It's the same thing when I'm doing spirit communication, whether it's in a seance or whether it's in a reading. Again, there's a certain ritual that I'm doing and following. So I only allow it when I do that. And I always say a prayer before, non-denominational prayer. Great, great um, instruction there, Jane. Thank you. I, I totally agree. And um, that's what keeps you sane and on the right side of it. The, and then, you know, you're doing the work. Yes. You're doing the. You know, you have to allow the spirit world to know your boundaries, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, that you, is um, you have fascinating. To, you can't, you know, you can't just let it open without you being in control of it. You know, people get fascinated and they want, especially with the spirit world, they get, you know, so fascinated, they just want to do it. But you, there's things you have to put in place so that you do everything safely. When you do like a, um, uh, as I watch you in Dead Tenants, was such a fascinating show um, where you were at different locations. Fascinating. Do you prepare differently for that than you would like for a, a private reading? Yes, I'm going to. Uh, well, when I did Dead, Dead Tenants, I wasn't told anything about the house that I was going to. Right. So that it, it all came from psychically what I perceived and the communication that I did. So uh, that would be one. And then two, of course, I still say my prayer, you know, I, uh, before I'm going. And of course, I always have the skulls with me. I would uh, have it in a case that I would take with me when I did it, although people didn't see it, but I would have it in like a, a pocketbook type, type of thing. It's amazing. What's what some of the fascinating, I watched some fascinating shows with you and you've done many doing that spot on. Um, how does that feel being on camera doing that? Does that feel unnatural? Does it bother you? Do you think, oh, I'm not getting anything? Uh, does um, it put an awkwardness on it? You know, actually, I have such a good degree of concentration that I get greater when I'm under pressure ah. because you're going deeper into concentration and you're getting there quicker. Mm -hmm. So the camera never bothered me. In fact, you know, I would just not even look at it. You know, I would ignore that I'm on camera. So and I can just forget that. And it probably came from being on radio so much or some of the other shows. But my degree in college was uh, theater arts, speech and theater <gasps> arts. Perfect. So although I never taught a day of that, I taught high school English, I was prepared for this other thing in my life. 
So mm -hmm. I would give speeches all the time and I was on the debate team. So there was certain things you, you know, you just had to ignore. You had to perform. Right. And not pay any attention to the media. So it never bothered me. I'm lucky. That's, a, that's amazing. You know, I love the way uh, the spirit world uses us. You think you're going one way with these yes. tools in your toolbox, right? Yep. And you end up going somewhere else, wherever you can serve humanity, I think. Exactly. It is uh, absolutely beautiful. What do, what are you looking forward to doing now? I mean, it's hard to imagine there's anything left for you to do because you've done it all. You're going to write another book. I'm going to write another book. You're going to do some, at least one, maybe two. Yes. You're going to do some more teaching. What else do you think? I'm going to do the psychic development, or, you know, every level so I can offer that. And I'm also, I'm actually doing a, uh, I'm going to start it in about a week and a half on Facebook. I'm going to be offering for $5.99 a half hour of relaxation once a week. Ah. Because I also do hypnosis. And during right. time, so it'll be meditation. During the time of COVID, I spent at least six months every week going on and calming the people. Yes, I would imagine so. Get them, you know, to to get calm and relaxed. So I'm going to be doing that. I also am setting up a ghost tour. And I haven't done one in about five or six years. Yeah. So there's a new one that I'm going to be doing. Do you remember the old Terry Lou Zoo? Yes. Why does that sound familiar? Yes. The Is Terry it by Plainfield or Piscataway? Yeah, it's right off of uh, Raritan Road. Okay. Like, you're from South Plainfield going Maple Avenue and you just go straight down and the Terry okay. Lou used to be all the way down to the left. Well, that is also a historical building that is was built in the 1700s. Oh. Um, Cornwallis was there. Wow. So, I did not know uh, that. Yes. So there's a lot of this there. And so they contacted me and I did a ghost investigation there. It, the house is small, but... It's interesting. Two of the previous women are there because there's been like three different types of families. So it's, you know, the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. Oh. And there's about six spirits outside on the grounds. So I'm going to start and I'm going to actually be doing a, a ghost walk to the different areas and people will see my stomach go out. And I'll be talking a little, a little bit about the history and more and then i'm also going to be doing like random readings okay like you know when we're assembled and i'm talking then at the end i'm going to do some ra random readings for people is that going to be filmed jane uh no if i had somebody to do it that that's my, always been my problem i never have anybody to be able to do it mm -hmm. and uh, by the time i do that uh, my son is going to be moving to alabama so he may not even be around so yeah, it would be great if somebody could. It's an idea. Well, let's, let's put uh, let's put the feelers out for that because I'd love to see it. That would be so fascinating. Something else to add to with the many videos that you have, right? Right. Of all of the work. Um, also, you have a fascination with. Um, we didn't talk a lot about the UFOs, but since there's there's information coming out currently, yeah. what do you think of that? Oh, I believe. I've had uh, UFO encounters. So That's right. I've you you always, talked about that. I've always believed in it. And 
also the crystal skulls to me are related to that. One of the things that I channeled uh, in a trans, you know, a trans channel years ago, holding the skull is that one of the purposes of the skull is the fact that when more come out and people get comfortable with it, which is what's happened, it would be a sign for the UFOs to be able to come because they know that people would start to believe and it would be safe for them to come. They wouldn't come before because it would cause such panic and people would, you know, trample, you know, there, there could be a lot of things that go on, but this was their clue when there was enough people, you know, interested in the crystal skulls, having them, the, the modern ones, and that would be their clue to come to get ready. Do you think that we're being told, I, I get the impression they're just scratching the surface in the news. Yeah about this like they're just little drips i'm sure there's way more to come out uh more encounters what were yours like were you frightened were you enlightened or how did no, you feel about I it had two one of them um i actually had to be regressed to find out what happened oh i was teaching okay. a course at Rawway high school on stress management and paranormal i do two courses oh okay and I came out and I was talking to the students. And then when I left, I found myself on a street that they tell me I would have had to make six turns to get there, like coming out of a trance. And um, I saw that there was about a half an hour to 40 minutes of missing time. For oh, when wow. I it out. And then I came in the house and I said to my son, I had, a very strange experience. So he figured it was a ghost experience. Um, and then somebody called me and I talked to them. And the next day I called him back and said, I'm sorry, I didn't talk to you last night. And, and of course I had found out that I did. So what it did, I was in this, this state that wasn't completely out. It was a positive experience when I um, was regressed and they actually gave me a place in New York where there was going to be a problem. I need to go back to it. It may have been the uh, towers. Oh, they they said about the crumbling. I mean, this was many years early that it happened. And then um, what they did was put energy into me. And it was right after that that my stomach started. Oh, okay. So they put energy in me so that the way they explained it so that when I met people, my energy would affect them and they wouldn't have to take me up. It would start a chain of something. And over the years, it's, it's interesting when I taught the adult school, uh, the big thing was I need my Jane fix. That's what they would tell me. They would, people would notice the energy, especially when I'm teaching a course. Even on on the courses I've taught online, they start to feel the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. that they're looking forward to. It's the energy. It's not just my energy. It's whatever they've done. You know, energy comes out of me. So it was not a real frightening experience. At first it was when I I did the regression because uh, they strapped me down and put something over my head. And there was a tall one and then there was a short one. And there was, you know, that type of thing. The second experience was um, in the early 2000, sometime there. So it was uh, maybe around 
20, uh, 2006, something like that, 2005. And I'm driving on, on um, 78. And on the way there, I'm talking and I'm saying, you know, I haven't seen you in an awful while. You know, I had the one encounter and nothing. So I said, you know, I need to see to believe. <laughs> so here I am talking to them mm -hmm. and saying, I really need to, to see you again. So I went and I did my psychic uh, party. I was dealing with uh, somebody from Las Vegas who was calling me because they were trying to get the Cuban dancers over and I'm giving them psychic instructions. Oh. It, was, it was wild what was going on. They got them over, but it was wild what was going on, you know, this reading. And so I leave and I get on 78 and, and all of a sudden, I'm, and then I get on 287 and there I see these things in the sky. Oh no. So I think, well, it's about 1230 at night. I'm saying, well, maybe it's a shop, you know, like lights. Yeah. Can't be, but you know, I'm looking and I'm saying, no, wait a minute. I, I said, I'm going to get into an accident. I said, if you are what I think you are, then be at my house when I oh. get Okay. So now coming, it, it was 40 minute drive from where I was. So I come home. I couldn't wait to get out of the car and I get out of the car. I look up and there's nothing there. And I'm so disappointed. And then my daughter comes out with my dog, you know, which was a poodle. And she said, ma, there's something in the sky. And I look up, there are five lights. And what they're doing is coming and circling around the house and they're coming in a pattern and coming in, going out, coming in. And she's the one that told me, she goes, Ma, tell them to move. <laughs> I was like, I was astounded. The dog was jumping on his hind legs, trying to reach these lights. Wow. It was wild. And so I told him to move and they changed the entire pattern. And what they did is they went up, way up in the sky and so that you can observe them and then they changed the pattern and then they formed that final oval and then you saw them go up into the sky and disappear that's amazing so it was quite a uh, experience i'm waiting now for you to tell us that uh when they come back now that they feel welcome when you open the door one of them is standing there I want to hear about that experience because <laughs> they'll probably be standing right at your house. What was, um, since I'm kind of, I was before the movie Close Encounters. I think that was uh, Carol Ann Come to the Light. Wasn't that Close Encounters of the Third Kind or something? The I, name Carol Ann is associated with the movie. Yeah. And I'm always teased about that, but I was born before the movie. So, uh, but my husband, my second husband, uh, had called me a mechanical poltergeist because I blew up the washer or the dryer, you know, kind of stuff. He was kidding me. I was, you know, I really just wanted a new washer and dryer. But um, what do you think of poltergeist? What do you think? Is that what people experience when they think they have a haunting? Is it more of a poltergeist than a haunting? No, no. Okay. A poltergeist really is not a haunting. Okay. Uh, a poltergeist, I mean, you could have it, but generally what a poltergeist is, is the psychokinetic energy of the person's mind that's causing uh, the activity in the house, not a ghost. 
Okay. And you'll have things flying across the room. You'll have appliances break. You'll have light bulbs blow out. But that is normally the psychokinetic energy of, of the person's mind. And you'll find a poltergeist agent, as we call it, in a house that has teenagers. Right. I've heard that. I have All read that. The, you know, new sexual energy and things like this. That's what is the poltergeist agent or if there's a lot of emotional fighting and things going on okay so though that could also be that's um, fascinating going on your mind yeah. is powerful yes so now everyone uh we're almost at the end of our hour which has been not long enough to visit with jane doherty so check out janedoherty.com check out jane doherty on facebook for her seances. She has one coming up with a couple of spots. So please check that out. And uh, people are always asking for courses. And I can think of no one better, Jane, than yourself. And uh, fascinating, fascinating hour to have spent with you. And uh, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're a busy lady. And we look forward to hearing more. I can't wait. I hope you will come back in the psychic flow. And Yeah, definitely. and share some more with us. And uh, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank Everyone you. here enjoyed it. You're very well. Their foreheads are tingling. They've got M's on their palms. They're just, they're all riled up. And uh, so I think you'll have some new visitors to your website and to your Facebook page. Great. Okay. And thank you so much. Everybody check us out on Rumble as well. Yes. Very good. Bye-bye. Thank you. thank you, Jane. Good night now. Bye-bye. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.